Grace and peace. God bless you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host and teacher for the next few moments, Delisa Fields. And this, you guys, is going to be a real one. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel pressed in my spirit to share this message with you because my flesh does not want me to. <laughs> it, my flesh just does not want me to um, because it is going to be a message of vulner that of vulnerability and transparency and so in this the lord is requiring me to self-disclose um so that some of you if not most of you can receive some type of insight perhaps even healing and deliverance through some of what i'm feeling led to share so i'm just telling you right now this is not one of those messages that i've drafted out and can't wait to tell you guys about I'm like Paul, pressed in my spirit to go and do it because I know that this is what the Father wants. So if you've ever read David's story, particularly the uh, circumstances surrounding him and Bathsheba, and I'm speaking specifically about when the Lord judged the both of them for um, the sin of adultery and, and, and all of that. And you know that Bathsheba, David impregnated Bathsheba, had uh, Uriah killed the, the whole nine yards. And so the Lord pronounced judgment on the situation. And, and, you know, whether you agree with it or disagree, you know, many commentators, even theologians have debated and have taken issue against um, God with that. And, you know, I, it is what it is. I hate to say it like that, but it happened and God did it. And that's that. Um, but one thing that is um, notable is David's response, and that's found in Psalm 51, verse 3. And David said something. David was talking about his transgressions. David acknowledged his transgression, and then he said something so key. He said, my sin is ever before me. And that's sort of, I'm coming to you from that vein where David said, I'm acknowledging my transgression and my sin is before me. And I, I want to talk to you for a little bit about relationships, family relationships, children relationships, parent relationships. I'm not, I honestly, I don't really know where the Holy Spirit is going to take me with this one, but I'm just, it's somewhere around that, right? Um, but, because these messages are never scripted, let me just say, so I can tell you what the topic is, and I don't ever know where I'm going to end up until I'm done. Um, but with that, we find something that David acknowledged, and parents, I really want you to listen to this, okay? Because many times we have children, my husband and I have five children, and they're all prophets. They're all, they are talented in so many ways. Even I sit back in amazement at what God has done and, and is doing in them. Um, he has, God has truly blessed my children. And I, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm humbled by it. Um, at the same time, it, it comes with its share of warfare. I mean, go figure, right? Um, you know, they're growing, they're developing, they're becoming their own unique person. They're struggling. They've got their own conflicts. They have their own challenges within themselves, with each other sometimes, with us as parents. You know, all of that. <clears throat> Nothing that, that you as a parent or <clears throat> a family member haven't seen. And so, you know, many times in the faith, and, you know, I, I want you guys to really listen to this. And I'm telling you, if you know somebody who needs to hear this when you're done, I, I really need you and you, they really need you to share it. Um because when we when we come into the faith, whether we've been uh, grafted into the faith as adults or like me, raised from five years old in the church, um, there's a tendency that our families 
are supposed to be this um, perfect uh, picture of excellence. (laughs) It is anything but. You look through scripture from Genesis to Revelation and there's nothing but trouble in the family. Especially those families who had the call of God. I mean, from the Levites on. I mean, you just name it. I, you know, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to offend your intelligence by trying to go through the list and name them. But, you know, for yourself, many families, whether it was Abraham or, or Isaac's or Joseph's or all of them, they all had issues in family. But for some reason, when we come into the faith, we 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 are we often have the expectation that our families are uh, immunized from pain or conflict or challenges or hardship or whatever and that's not that's not the case number one we're humans and we're going to have that human experience and though that human experience is going to usher us into caves valleys rivers you name it it's going to take us through some things i'm telling you and so if you don't, if, you, if you're not anchored in the things of God, you will, it's going to be rough sailing, rough waters, rough sailing, shipwrecks, a whole lot of that. But here we have David, a man after God's own heart. He was a true man of God. We, we can't deny it. God said it. However, this was a man who had <clears throat> many, many struggles, many, many issues, and he fell many, many times. You know, he 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 uh, failed God many times, but God never changed his mind toward David. And so we find David saying in Psalm 51, verse three, you know, I acknowledge my transgressions, but my sin is up before you. David, at the point where God took his son's life as an infant, David did not blame God. David did not blame the devil. David did not blame even Bathsheba for being naked, taking a bath. You know, he, he, he owned it as a parent, as a parent, there are things we have to own. And this is going to, this is going to, this is going to be the tail of the tape. This is what's going to set the difference between those who are misplacing blame and those who can accept their part in the role. David understood that his son's life was cut short. This baby infant never <clears throat> enjoyed a birthday, never enjoyed any of the things that growing up in life would, would, would bring. His life was cut short as a result of David's sin. David owned it. He didn't blame anybody. He owned it. And no, that didn't bring the child back. But it's such a teachable moment for us as parents as as family members as caregivers or whatever your position in life is and that time will come when you're going to experience some conflict in your family whether it's between you and your children or you and a family member or you and you know some other relationship you're going to have those conflicts and the mature person is going to say you know what it's my fault i i need to take ownership of that and so growing up, as I stated, I had been raised, I was baptized at five years old in the Baptist church. From that point, I was raised in, for a short period of time, in a um, AME Zion church. And then at eight years old, until God called me to pastor, 
I was a member of my dad's church, which is Pentecostal holiness and all that. And through and, and hear me when I say this, because we have to be very careful about cursing our journey. Through my coming up and, and being ingrained in a lot of religion, there were things that I learned. There were attitudes that I adopted that didn't necessarily come from scripture. It came from what man taught me. And I, I'm not knocking it because some of it, you know, some of it was good. Some of it really helped frame who I am today. So I'm not going to stand here now that, you know, and, and people will do that. You know, they, they, they are awakened now, you know, they're woke, quote unquote. And then they just curse everything that they ever came through that brought them to where they are. Something brought you to where you are. It may not have been the best of your upbringing. It may not have been the best of experiences, but something brought you through. Something helped to mold and shape the person you are today. You think about when David served for that short season in a house of Saul. Or even when Joseph served in Potiphar's house. You know, some of us come up through, there was a song, a quartet song that was made many, many years ago, came up the rough side of the mountain. And there are reasons why God allowed your life to take that path and take that journey. Not to say you're supposed to adopt everything that you've experienced and, and grab hold and embrace everything that you've seen. But sometimes God is teaching you what not to do. He's teaching you what to avoid or he is showing you the damaging effects of certain things so that you don't turn into what, listen, so you don't hurt how you were hurt. So you don't become a, a, a hurter. Uh, what's the word I'm trying So you don't hurt people as you were hurt, as people hurt you. I know I twisted it up, but y'all know what I'm saying. And so we're thinking about David coming up in the house of Saul for that short season. Saul was a terrible leader. He was a terrible father. But God allowed in that season of David's life to glean from Saul's life. Rather, it was to learn where the bathroom is in the castle or learn the protocol of the kingdom there were things that Joseph needed to learn that he was raised in the house of Potiphar, even though he was harassed by his wife. But in order for Joseph to serve in the palace beside Pharaoh, Joseph needed to learn the protocol of the kingdom. And so, so did David. David needed to learn the protocol in the kingdom. He had, for in times past, had been known to dominate the field. But God has said, I'm taking you to a new place. I'm taking you to another place. And so sometimes, and, and y'all hear me because I know I'm wandering, but just go with me, okay? We're going somewhere. Like my spiritual daughter, we're we going somewhere. Sometimes some of your experiences will shape where you're going, even though it, it may seem like it's the most painful thing. Like you, you're just the most rejected, abandoned, orphaned person ever. But God, I'm not saying God caused it. I'm not saying God, we know his thoughts and plans toward us, right? However, he will, he will use it so that you will have those, that experiential knowledge and that wisdom. That's one of the things that I bless God for in my life is the gift of wisdom. I thank God for the gift of wisdom. And the gift of wisdom in my life has manifested through my experiential knowledge. God, by the grace of God, and I say this humbly, have at a young age, I'm not even 50 years old yet. I'm, I'm getting close, but God has allowed me to have many, many, many to, I've seen many things. I've heard many things. I've been many places. I've, I've experienced so much, even as a young person. And in that God allowed me to, to survive those seasons so that the gift of wisdom 
would be shaped by some of those experiences. So in some of these experiences that we've had, and I'm going to talk about myself for a minute, coming up in, in some of these religious um, backgrounds, it shaped me somewhat in terms of my perception, in terms of my mannerisms. And God has delivered, and there are probably, I'm sure, still some areas. I'm, I mean, we're always being delivered, right? Um, but as I became an adult, some of those things were ingrained in me. And here's where I'm going with this. And so as they were ingrained in me, some of what man taught me, some of what man said that God said or that God expects, that, that heavy yoke that religion can put on you, that God, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But religion will place a heavy, heavy yoke on you and it will, it will require so much of you. And so you'll always find yourself striving to please God and quote unquote serve God, not out of your own volition of will, but more so out of uh, hard labor hard labor like you you just you know you've got to you just feel a sense of urgency i've got to do this or god's gonna kill me i gotta do this or god i mean we we religion has a way to misrepresent god that's why he hates it so much because god says i want to be your friend i'm your father right you know the holy spirit is your counselor he's your guide He's not this authoritative dictator that tells you if you don't do this, you're going to die and you're going to burn in hell forever. And I mean, we've got people who preach that, you know, and I, that, that's between them and God. I, I, that's not even my issue right now. But I'm talking about when you've been ingrained and raised in certain types of backgrounds, that becomes a part of your fabric. It becomes a part of your DNA. And unless God delivers, then that part of your DNA is going to color and it's going to influence the way you react and interact. And this is why, unfortunately, there are people now whose relationships are destroyed. And if I'm telling you, if it, if God doesn't intervene, it will never recover. Religion kills, right? And, and so Jesus said, I come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. But religion is a hard taskmaster. And so I'm saying all of that to say this, that as I was raised from a small child all the way through my life, and listen, I wasn't that perfect Christian, trust me, <laughs> okay? Um, but I found even as a young parent that many of my decisions as a parent, even as a wife, were influenced by religion. And now, you know, hindsight now, I'm, I'm looking back over my life now, and I have made tremendous mistakes in raising my children, I've made tremendous mistakes even in the way that I have uh, conducted myself as a young wife. Made tremendous mistakes. I brought heartache on myself. I brought heartache on my family because that, that influence of religion, which forces you to think a certain way. I mean, you are indoctrinated. You are saturated. And it, and it gives you a black and white perspective. You don't, with religion, you don't see mercy, you don't see grace, you don't see peradventure, you see black, is either, you know, it's just one or the other, there's no in between. And so, you know, again, going back to, to, to David, and I'm not saying David was religious, but I'm just talking about, as a parent, mistakes 
that he made the mis well yeah he made several mistakes right number one he should have been at the battle so and then it just went it just went downhill from there right i mean it, you'd be amazed at just missing god now hear me when i say this because I, I feel god talking to somebody you can miss god or miss one assignment and to you it's just oh well you know i should have been there or you know I, I i missed it i overslept or whatever and you would be amazed at the domino effect how that one set place you were supposed to be that one set place now in your mind is it was just meeting somebody at panera bread at 11 o'clock and you know for whatever reason you didn't make it and you ended up doing something different and that 11 o'clock appointment with that person at panera bread was a destiny shifter for you it was a it was a it was a destiny shifter and you miss it just being carnal or being lazy or being careless or being whatever and you missed it and that door was a door that opened doors and so now because you failed to sh uh, show up and present yourself at that meeting things that God wanted to do he couldn't and areas where God was trying to block the enemy from you and protect you is obsolete and so now the enemy is taking advantage god was allowing you to escape once uh, escape into one season and you missed it and so now you're stuck in a season where you don't have the grace for and so that's kind of what happened with with david his grace was on the front line he was a mighty man of valor he was a warrior and that's where god expected him to be his flesh this whatever sex drive i don't know what what's going on anyway he missed it and by him missing that season, it opened the door for lust, adultery, murder, you name it, right? And, and God came for him. God came for him. And so at the point where God said, you know what? This is my decision. You can lay before me and you can fast and you can pray and you can shut everybody out. But I'm going to do this because I need you to understand that when I tell you to do something or when I require something from you, I expect you to show up. And I need you to learn from this point forward when you fail to present yourself at the time when I am summoning you, you're going to you, you, you're going to have the understanding that you're open. You're you're open. Right. When the hedge is broken, a serpent will bite. And so there are places when God, you know, is talking to you and telling you, I need you to do this. I need you to do it now because there is. A plot and a plan from the enemy to overthrow your life. God knew that girl was going to be on the balcony top. He knew it. And that's why it was the appointed time for David to be at battle. And so there's sometimes we fail and we fall in things because we're not where we're supposed to be. And the enemy knows it and he traps us right there in our carelessness or in our laziness or whatever you want to call it. And as a result... People suffer. People suffer. People suffer when we are disobedient. Those who we have influence over, those we are responsible for, those we are accountable for, suffer when we disobey, when we fall short, when we uh, uh, draw back. They suffer. And so I looked over my life. And again, Psalm 51, 3, you know, my, I acknowledge my transgression. David didn't say, doggone it. You know, girl, what are you doing out here? You know, it's late. I'm a man. You know what I'm saying? He, did, he, he said, you know what, God? I was wrong. 
I should have been as the captain of the army. I should have been on the front line. I should not have touched that woman's, that man's wife. I should certainly not have arranged his death, put him on the front line. David tried to conspire to have this man go home. This man was so committed to David. He was so committed. He was so loyal. He said, how can I go home and lay with my wife and eat and rest my nerves and my soldiers are out here dying? He said, I cannot do it. <coughs> he slept on the floor. He slept outside the door, as a matter of fact. He would not do it. And David took this man's life. And so he said, my, my, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. And so God said, yes, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. You, this is, you did this. And so what my point is, as parents or caregivers or whatever your position of authority is, we have to, sometimes we're looking at our children, because I know sometimes, I look, well, I'm always looking over my children. And, and when, when they struggle in certain areas or when they're challenged in certain areas or when the enemy is attacking them or when they act in a hot fool, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm looking at them, but I also look at me. I look at myself and I say, God, is some of what they're dealing with a result of some of the foolish things that I did? Because here's what we do. Here's what we do. Now get ready, strap in, because we're getting ready to go there. <laughs> and don't you turn this thing off, too, because you listening, so you're wide open. Is when we come into the faith, we expect our children to be the most upright, devout, you know, and, <laughs> and we act so shocked and surprised. A couple of years ago, my oldest daughter was going through something. And, you know, and she she was going through it. And I love her dearly. But, man, she was... <laughs> Oh boy, she went through it and took us with took her took us with her through it. Trust me. And I mean, she's just just going through. Oh my goodness, it was just terrible. I don't even remember what it was. Thank the Lord. I mean, he has since delivered and she's grown from it, and we we're happy. Hallelujah. But she she went through something and and she started manifesting, and I mean, all of this stuff was coming out of her. And so here's what people are saying: Oh, well, that's the pastor's daughter, and I can't believe she said that, and she did this, and she's going in. I mean, the people could not believe it. And I looked at them and I said, didn't we all do the same thing? And some of us still are. And then somebody asked, well, what's going on? So, so, so. I said, she's 20. I think she's 27 now. So, I mean, this is, gosh, about seven years ago. And I said, she's having a 20-year-old experience. <laughs> that's all I, I mean, that's all I can say. She's having a 20-year-old experience. And so, you know, the people are like, oh. I mean, you know, you can see the light come on. But again... When our children go through, the, and they will, and I don't care how old they are, they can be 20, they can be 40. I mean, people go through stuff, you know, listen, life doesn't age, doesn't discriminate. And she, she was going through it, man. And I mean, it was, it was terrible. It was horrible. And I'm, I couldn't reach her. I mean, she was just so far there. And, I, you know, of course I prayed. I mean, you know, that's, that's, if I don't know nothing else to do, I know to pray. But it was to the point to where it was just so overwhelming. And people were looking at me, well, what's going on? What? She's a kid. And, and so I think sometimes we, f we forget that our children are just that. They're children. But not only that, not only are they going to do the foolish, crazy things. Trust me, they, they, you know, the Bible said foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. God said that in his word. And then we act so brand new. Well, I don't know why little Jimmy's acting like that. I don't know why little Johnny's something. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? They're a child. And not only that. They're having their own experience, the same experience you have. But now we're in Christ and we know tongues and we know Hebrew and a little bit of Greek. And, and so now we just completely forgot the crazy stuff that we did that may be, like David said, 
ever before me. My sin is in front of me. The things I did to my mother as a as a child has now come back for me. The things I did to my father have come back. Or whatever your situation, whoever raised you, the things I did to my grandmother, to my auntie or my uncle, or whatever. He said, my sin, it found me. You know? And so here's the key, because I hear this too. Well, you know, God forgave me. Yes. Yes, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But that's, listen, sin, the fruit of that thing. Now, God forgave you, but there's still a law of reciprocity. And that's the part that we don't get. Well, I thought I was forgiven. You are forgiven. But that, that, that was still a seed. It's still going to harvest. So in the fact that God has forgiven you, now there's a grace to where you can say, Father, I thank you for giving me for forgive me of what I did. Now, Lord, help me get through this. Give me your wisdom, God, to 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 to, to deal with it, All right? And, and so, so the grace of God was upon David. He didn't lose his mind. Thank God. God restored him. God blessed him with Bathsheba as a wife. And they went on and they had another son named him Solomon, which in the Hebrew is Shalom, which means peace. So God forgave him. He said, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Cleanse me, wash me, purge me. And God did all of that. And God said, okay, I'm, listen, I forgave you. I forgave you. But there's still a price that has to be paid. So you cannot raise that son. That son is the fruit of, of, of your carnality. And so, no, I'm not going to let you enjoy that. I'll do something different. I'll do something greater. You know what I'm saying? And so, so there's a lot of food for thought in that. But what I want, the message that I want to convey, and I'm coming to a close, I'm trying anyway, is that when we encounter those kinds of challenges, whether it's with your children or with your, whoever, your family members, what have you, own your stuff, people of God. Well, I bind the devil. The devil is a liar. That, yeah, yeah, he is a liar. Yes, he is. But that has nothing to do with what's happening with you and little Jimmy. You, know what I'm you understand what I'm saying? That that is something I've, I've seen people that I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. Yeah, pray. Don't stop praying. But then when you get up off of your knees or whatever your posture or prayer is, you're going to have to put in some work. You're going to have to sit down with little Jimmy. And have a conversation. And you can't go to Jimmy speaking in tongues and prophesying and, and all of this stuff. Because little Jimmy is acting out for a reason. And in some cases, and what I've had to do with my children, is say, you know what? When I was your age, let me tell you what I did. And you would be amazed. And I, by the grace of God, I have been able to reach my children, even in their crazy moments. When I sat down with them, not pointing a finger and beating them across the head with the Bible. And you know what God said about that? And you, I went to them and I said, you know what? I remember when I was young and I did that and I did. And they would look at you like, what? The transparency, you all. Now, in, in my culture, you know, you don't tell nobody. You don't, you know, you don't, you, what happened in this house, stay in this house. You don't air out your dirty laundry and all that stuff. How has that worked for us as a people? We've covered things up. We put Jesus on top of it in a million oily crosses <laughs> and nothing has changed. There's going to come a point, friends, where you have to be honest. 
and say, you know what? I know that you're hurting over something. Now, I don't agree with what you're doing and how you're going through your healing process. But I do. I recognize that something is really bothering you. And I want to tell you about something I went through. And I want to or or I want to tell you something that I did that may be a factor in why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. And I want to show you how God brought me out of it. And I want to love you through this process. I, I can't agree with everything you say and with everything you do. But what I can tell you is that I will be here with you. I will support you and I will never give up on you. And it may be an entirely two more seasons of crazy before the breakthrough comes. But the breakthrough will come. So I'm going to leave those words of wisdom with you. Like I said, I felt pressed in my spirit. I, I was very reluctant to share, you know, because that's a part of my personal life that I'm broadcasting. But if a piece of my testimony can be a blessing to you and your family or somebody that you know, then to God be the glory. So I say to you, don't let the enemy tell you that you didn't pray hard enough or that you a bad mom or a bad dad. I mean, I pray that's not the case. You know, don't let folk tell you, you ain't praying hard enough. You need to keep them in church. You need to song. There may be times when it's not good for that child to be sitting on, <laughs> sitting on the pew with you. They may need to be home. David got away. David could not heal around Bathsheba. Sometimes people can't heal around the person who hurt them and they may have to distance themselves. Didn't the Bible talk about that? There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. So you're going to have to be compliant with God, even in that season when you can't even reach your child, but that in the natural, but that doesn't mean you can't cover them in the realm of the spirit. So religion is going to be an enemy to you in establishing, maintaining, or restoring your relationship with your child because religion is going to make that child feel so uncomfortable coming around you. I can't go to mama because I know mama going to tell me I'm going to hell. I can't go to daddy because daddy going to tell me he's sick and tired of me and I'm ashamed. And I'm, is that helping? Is that helping at all? Or can you take on the spirit that David said had? He said, you know, what? I acknowledge it's, you know, maybe I did something wrong as a parent. Cause guess what? We as parents, even though we got a little bit of age, age doesn't make you smart. Trust me, I'm still trying to figure out how to work my iPhone. Man, my younger, my baby girl, can, <laughs> she can run circles around me. So age doesn't make you smart. Age just makes you old. Wisdom is a gift from God. You can have godly wisdom or you can have earthly wisdom. Some people have book sense and no common sense. So don't ever put those two together. But as parents, we do make mistakes. We are not perfect. And if religion is, is, is a factor, I'm, I'm going to say it to you. And I say this to you with the love of Jesus. You're going to do more damage than good because you're not going to be able to reach that child or that person with the true heart of God. You're going to reach them or you're going to attack. The religion is going to attack them. Religion will use you to attack them. So be very, very, very mindful of, of like I said in the beginning, how we have allowed doctrines and, and, and teachings, man's teachings, to color our perception and alter our view and influence the way that we handle people. And then we wonder why 
Nobody, nobody wants to come around the house. Nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody. Consider your own ways, the Bible says. Right? So listen, that's it. I'm done. I feel the, I feel the Spirit of God lifting, and I'm, I'm lifting right along with it. So I pray that this message has been uh, revelatory and insightful for you. I pray that it opens doors of understanding. I pray that it brings enlightenment. I pray that if you're that parent or grandparent or godparent or spiritual parent uh, that's facing something like that, I pray that the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now and and that God, I, I prophesy that God will release to you the wisdom, the godly wisdom that you need to restore or to heal or to rebuild or to maintain your family or those who God has called you to. If you know someone who is struggling in this area, share this message with them. I pray that all goes well with you and your family. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. I'll say this last thing. When Jesus was on the cross, hung between two thieves, there was one who said, I thought you were the son of man. I thought you was a king. Save yourself. Come down and get me too. And the other one said, have mercy on me, Lord, a sinner. I believe with all of my heart that that man who said, have mercy on me, Lord, a sinner, that somebody prayed for him. And, you know, people, let me tell you, folks, I'm, I'm trying to close. I really am. But I got I felt this wind. You don't know what happens at the point of death. You the, the, the time in the realm of the spirit is no comparison to what's happening in our natural realm. You don't know what God can do in a person's soul, the salvation work that God can do moments before death. You have no idea. Do you know God can take somebody into a vision, do a work, bring them back into their body and allow their body to cease or to desist, cease? I'm, I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. And here you are. Well, you know, little Johnny was a hellraiser, little Johnny so-and-so. So, you know, you don't know. You don't know. You have no idea. Somebody prayed for that thief, and this man never had a chance to join a church. He never tied a tithe. He never sowed a seed. He never praised dance. He never ushered or deaconed or pastored or evangelized or none of that. He never even said amen. But in the realm of the spirit, the last few moments before he crossed over into eternity, he got his business fixed. And so I say this to you, parents, those of you that are praying and it seems like your child is just just you just seem like it's, they're getting worse. Don't you ever give up. Don't you be weary and well doing. The Bible says you will reap if you faint not. So that's it. I'm gone. I love you all with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. Sow a seed. Praise God. Go to my website, DelisaRogersFields.com and sow a seed. Just sow. Let the Lord know. Lord, you know what? I thank you for this woman of God who, who has just given me something that I couldn't find. I, she gave me a precious jewel. I feel like I can, I can do it. <laughs> I feel like I can do it, God. I feel like I can, I can win. I can win my family. Let God know how much you appreciate it. Sow into the word and watch God do the work. And listen, even if you don't sow, I still pray that God does the work. Amen. Grace and peace until next time. God bless you.